Uh, we are going to be in Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28, if you have your Bible or if you have your, your phone. If you don't have it, it'll be on our air Bible eventually. Genesis chapter 28. And uh, we are on day 15 of our 21 days of prayer. And so every year in August and in January, we set aside 21 days to disconnect from the world, flesh, and uh, reconnect ourselves with God. And so uh, we've been doing that. And we have this last week for you to participate if you want to. We have prayer live in person Wednesday night. And then we have morning prayer uh, via live on YouTube. And if you want more information, you can scan that QR code in front of you. And uh, yeah, so Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28, we are talking about my man Jacob. Now, if you were here two weeks ago, we started the very, our series Pursuit off of Jacob. And so here it is, Jacob 28, Genesis chapter 28. When he, he being Jacob, reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to the heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust on the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. And then verse 16, which is our key verse for today. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was just not aware of it. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. This morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you from the subject, permission to dream in your desert. Permission to dream in your desert. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as our guest of honor this morning. We say that you want you, we want you to move in our lives because we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Say amen. 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 So this past Wednesday was very interesting for me. Because on my way here, uh, something happened. Now, I <laughs> will let you answer that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, on my way here, I'm, I'm driving, okay? And uh, I, see, I see a couple of the, the band uh, members that were, the worship band that was standing at the door there waiting for me to arrive. And, and, uh, and so I, I, I pull in, I see them, and I wave hi to them. And they wave back, but they wave back just not very enthusiastically, you know? They, it's like a hesitant wave. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like, am I late? What, what is happening? So I quickly pull into uh, my parking spot, and, uh, and I turn off my car, I open the door, and I step out of the car. And as soon as I step out to the car, to my surprise, there was a police officer with their lights on right behind me. And I am so, I'm so confused at this moment. I don't know what's happening. And so I step out and I start walking towards the officer. And the officer said, sir, stop. You are being pulled over. Please get back into your car. And at that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh. 
So I get in my car and I'm sitting in my car and I'm thinking, what did I do? I, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of what was taking place. And, and so I'm sitting in my car, the officer comes uh, right next to me and I'm embarrassed, right? Because at this point I'm like, who wants a pastor that gets pulled over, you know? I had some of the worship band watching me, some of the cheer was watching me, and I'm like, this is horrible. And so I'm just, I'm sitting in my car, the officer comes to, to uh, alongside the car, and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't know I was being pulled over. She asked for my license and my registrations. I had my license, I don't carry my registration. And so I'm like, I, I try to find it, and so like I'm Googling how to get your registration from AAA website, and I'm trying to figure, like I am just, I'm a mess, okay? And, uh, and, and, and the officer said, she said, she said, sir, do you come here a lot? And I said, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I said, I said, uh, I'm actually the pastor at this church right here. And she looked at me. She, she, she seemed a, a bit puzzled. She seemed a bit perplexed because I am neither white nor old, you know, and, and she's like a pastor. Really? I don't think so. And I'm like, no, I promise. I, I passed her right here. And, and, uh, and, and, and I'm like, I, I promise you. And she's like, okay, okay. And then I don't know about you, but whenever I'm nervous, I like, I start just chattering. And, and then also, if that's not bad, when, when I'm nervous, I start talking about things that I have no idea what I'm talking about. And so it's quiet and I'm nervous. And out of nowhere, I blurt, uh, it's so funny. I didn't even see you behind me. And she looked at me like I was on drugs. Like, why is he telling me this? And she's like, and I said, I, I, I didn't see you behind me. I'm so sorry. And she's like, you know what? You know what? Here. And she said, stop running stoplight or stop running stop signs. I was like, okay. And, and let's be honest, everybody, I did stop, just, just for the record. I did stop. It just wasn't a complete stop. She said, stop running stop signs. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, and get your registration fixed. I was like, yes, ma'am. And she didn't give me a ticket. Praise God. Woo! And so, yeah, you can clap that God has favor in my life. And she drove off. And here's what's crazy. Here's why I'm telling you this. is because for the next few days, I was thinking, I was like, John, it is so crazy how you didn't even know there was a police behind you. I was oblivious to it. In fact, I didn't even know that I was so unaware that there was a police officer behind me until, watch this, I repositioned my vision. I repositioned what I was looking now, here's why I'm, I'm bringing up this story is because this morning, my big idea is I want you to understand that vision is everything. Vision is everything. Now, before we get any further, I do want to pause and say, when I talk about vision, I'm not referring to a future state or I'm not talking about a dream state, but rather when, when I talk about vision this morning, I am referring to how you see something, how you see what you are currently going through, how you see, how you see your relationships, how you see your work, how you see your, your, your marriage. I'm talking about vision on how you see currently. See, this morning in our text, it's a story of a guy named Jacob who had to 
reposition his vision. See, vision this morning, I, I, I want you to know, vision is everything. Vision is, is critical to you and to me. See, because vision, vision leads our actions. Vision leads our actions. So, so what, how you see something will determine how you act, will determine the direction. Let me say it that, that, that way. How you see something will determine the direction that you go. So if you see something in the wrong way, it's going to lead you down the wrong direction. And so vision is everything, not just because the fact that vision leads your actions, but also because vision dictates your response. Vision dictates your response. It, it, if the, the vision that you, of how you see something, how you see a situation, it will determine how you respond. For instance, uh, last year when my kids were at school, I received a phone call from, from my kids' school. They said, Mr. Peter, uh, Eli and Madison are, are in the office right now. And I was like, why are they in the office? And she said, uh, because it's 3.30, you're late to pick them up. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, I'm on my way. I'm driving there right now. I'm sorry, God. And, and so like I'm driving to school. They get into the car and they're so mad at me. They are so, any parents leave their kids late, forgot to pick them up? Yes, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And so I forgot to pick them up. They get in the car, they're so mad. They're like, they don't want to talk to me. They, they, they don't, they're just, they're just angry. And so, so, so we're in the car, right? And uh, later I talked to my little girl. I said, baby girl, I'm so sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to, I, I just, I didn't realize. And she's like, dad, it's okay. She said, the reason why I was so mad was because we thought something happened to you. We thought maybe you got in a car accident. We, we just didn't know what happened to you. And basically what she was saying was because she didn't understand, she didn't see the situation correctly, it caused her to respond incorrectly. So, so that happened, and then a few weeks from that, from that incident, I, I told my kids before I dropped them off at school, I said, hey guys, I'm going to be late to pick you up today, but you don't have to worry because I promise you I'll be okay. I'm just going to be late. And so fast forward, the day happens. I pick them up from school and guess what? They are not mad. They're, they're, they, are, they, they understood this situation. They saw the situation correctly. And because they saw the situation correctly, they responded in the correct manner. See, they, they, they knew that their dad could have been late, but just because dad wasn't there yet, they knew that I was gonna show up eventually. They knew that eventually, because I told them that I was gonna be there, that even if he wasn't there right now, that he will eventually be there. That dad didn't get in a car accident, he's fine, he's just going to be late. They expected it because they understood the situation. And that leads me to Jacob, because Jacob finds himself in a situation that skews his vision, skews how he sees something, therefore he responds incorrectly. Now in Genesis chapter 28, what we didn't read, I'm, I'm going to lay a little backdrop of what's taken place. Uh, our friend Jacob, his dad says, Jacob, come, come talk to me. I, I got to tell you something. And so Jacob, he goes to his dad, Isaac, and, and his dad, Isaac, is like, son, 
You're about that age now where you need to find yourself a wife. And Jacob's like, ooh, yeah. He's excited, but his dad said, Jacob, I don't want you to find a wife around here. These Canaanite women, they, they little cray-cray. He said, he said, I want you to go to, to Padan Aram to find yourself a wife. And so Jacob's like, okay, I will do that. So Jacob packs his stuff, and he's, Jacob is on a journey to Padan Aram to find himself a wife. And he's journeying through this. He, he's on this journey. And the text says, what we read in Genesis chapter 28, what we read is that as Jacob was on his journey, the sun began to set. And it began to get a little dark in the place. It, it began to get a little, a little dark. And, and Jacob, at this moment, he has to decide what he's going to do. Is he going to continue on the journey or is he going to pause, stop, Set up camp and then wait until the next day. Now, we, what we read in Genesis chapter 28 is that Jacob, he decides to not continue the journey and to camp out in the middle of the desert. Now, I want to submit to you this morning that Jacob, because he has to camp out in the middle of the desert, I want to submit to you that Jacob, he's a little frustrated in this moment. Jacob, he, he's, a, he's a little bit frustrated because that was not part of the plan. J Jacob, he, he was on a journey to his destination, but now he had to stop and take a detour in the desert. Now, for those of you that have parents that have ever driven to Disneyland, you know there was nothing worse than taking unexpected, unplanned potty breaks. Every single time we've gone to Disneyland, I've said, kids, we are not stopping. You pee right now before we leave because we're going straight. And it never fails. Every single time, two hours in, I gotta go pee. It's frustrating when you have to pause on your journey it prolongs your you reaching the destination. There is nothing worse. And so here is Jacob. He's excited that he's about to find himself a wife, but he has to now pause in the middle of the desert. And if that wasn't bad enough, the text says that Jacob, he had to use a rock for a pillow. You know he was frustrated. It doesn't get much worse than using a rock for a pill. He's like, <clears throat> and he's lying there, frustrated. And I begin thinking about this idea of, of go, being on a journey towards your destination, but having to take a detour in the desert. And, and I begin to wonder how many of us in this room can relate to that process how many of us can relate to that journey of, of knowing that, that we're headed in this direction, but as we're headed into this direction, whatever we feel like God is leading us to, that, there, that we find ourselves in the middle of the desert, unexpected. Like we, we don't want to be in the desert because nothing good happens in the desert. In the desert, there's no hope. In the desert, there is no peace. In the desert, it's just, in the desert is where things go to die. And I be, begin to wonder how many of us we can, we can relate to, to Jacob in his journey of, of being excited to reach the destination. 
only to find himself frustrated in the middle of the desert where it was unplanned. And so Jacob, it says in the text that Jacob, he sets up camp and he grabs his pillow, i.e. rock, falls asleep. But it's amazing that during this time while he's sleeping, he has this dream. And in this dream, he sees a stairway from heaven to earth. And on this stairway, he sees the angels ascending and descending from heaven to earth. And then, and then in this dream, he sees God at the top of the staircase. And, and in this dream, God tells Jacob three things. He says, Jacob, I'm going to enlarge your territory. Love you. He said, Jacob, I'm going to bless your offspring." He said, Jacob, I am going to protect you. I'm going to grant you protection. And in this moment, Jacob's dream, God is just, God is just revealing himself to Jacob. And then we get to verse 16. And it says that in verse 16, Jacob woke up. And when he woke up, it said that he realized he said, surely God is in this place. And he says this, I just wasn't aware. Surely God is in this place. And I just wasn't aware. Now, as the band comes up, because we're going to have some time for prayer and for worship. The reason we're talking about vision this morning is, is because We've been having topics every, every, uh, every week. Week one, we were talking about surrendering. Week two, the theme was all about faith. But this, this week, this, this, uh, this coming week, it's all about vision. He took my notes. That's okay. We'll just, we'll just flow. <laughs> this week, we're talking all about vision. We're looking at vision of, God, would you just enlarge my vision? Because vision is everything, remember. So, so here, here's Jacob. He, he has this dream. Listen, the desert always skews your vision. The desert always skews how you see something. You never have clear vision in the desert if you aren't purposeful about it. And so here, here, here is Jacob. He's in the desert. It skews his vision. He's seeing everything differently. And then he falls asleep. He has this dream. He sees the angels. He hears God. He wakes up. Verse 16, he says, surely gods are in this place. I just wasn't aware. And here's what I want to point out. The epiphany that, Jake, that Jacob had is so encouraging to me. And I think it should be encouraging to you too. Because Jacob's, Jacob's epiphany that God is in this place happened while he was still in the desert, everybody. See, this story reads completely different. If it said that Jacob, he woke up 
packed his bags, headed to Padanara, found his wife, got married, went to Tahiti, was sipping on his Mai Tai, and then all of a sudden realized, you know what? I think God was in that place. I think God was in that desert. That story is completely different. But I actually think a lot of us, we can relate to that version of the story. Because for a lot of us, we don't see God in the desert. We only see God working when we get to our destination. But God, God doesn't want us just to see him in the destination. He also wants us to see him in the desert. And so Jacob, he has this epiphany in the midst of the desert that surely God is in this place. Surely God is in this place, which is phenomenal for you and for me. Because that means that my situation doesn't have to change in order for my attitude to change. Thank you, Janice. My situ Listen, your situation does not have to change in order for your attitude to change. The only thing that has to change is your vision, is how you see something. And so, so I can still be in the desert. And even when I'm in the desert, surely God, you're in this place. My marriage can still be on the rocks, but surely God, you're in this place. I can be full of anxiousness, but surely, God, you're still in this place. Like no matter what you're going through, in the midst of your desert, you can still say, God, you are still in this place. All I have to do is shift my vision from the desert to you. I can still dream in the desert. For some of you this morning, you're in the desert. And I want to say to you, you can still dream while you're in the desert. You can still dream while you're sick. You can still dream while your situation is not the way that you want it to be. You can still dream in the desert because God is still in the desert, everybody. God wants to help you. He wants to help shift how you see things. Your desert is not a wasted place. God is in your desert right now. Surely the Lord is in this place. I just wasn't aware. Surely the Lord is in this place. I just wasn't aware. Come on, some of you need to just prophesy that to yourself. Surely the Lord is in this place. I just wasn't aware. Surely the Lord is in this place. I just wasn't aware. Whatever you're going through, surely the Lord is in this place. Whatever disappointment, surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. I just wasn't aware. This morning, God, he wants to, he wants to reposition your vision. He wants to reposition the way that you're seeing your situation. He wants to reposition your vision so that you will be aware of him in the midst of whatever you're going through this morning.